It's an age-old tale. Artists move into low-income neighborhoods where they can find affordable studio space. They often help make those historically neglected communities look a little nicer. They paint murals, open galleries, and otherwise make the neighborhood seem more intriguing and cooler to outsiders. It isn't long before the developers and other businesses take notice of the new hip neighborhood status and move in. Property prices go up, and long-time residents get priced out. Seamstress Claudia Rodriguez Bezunski is very familiar with the process of gentrification. She's been priced out of two studios in San Diego. And now, she's trying to find her way in Barrio Logan, a historically Mexican neighborhood where an artistic renaissance and gentrification are playing out side by side. Barrio Logan is the place in San Diego where our proximity to the border is palpable. The celebration of Mexican-American culture is everywhere here, in its murals, businesses, food, the lowrider car cruises, and other community events that happen here. And as the neighborhood grows and changes, the people who live here are worried that the community's Chicano roots will get torn out and tossed aside. It's amid this battle that Claudia is carefully navigating her move into the neighborhood. She doesn't want to feel the gentrification problem. Obviously, like any time that you're going into somewhere where everyone's like, there's a lot of gentrification going on, you're like, oh crap, like we don't want to be part of that. I'm Alan Lilienthal, and you're listening to Only Here, a KPBS podcast about the place where San Diego and Tijuana meet. Today, a story about a seamstress who's trying to build community connections while building her business in Barrio Logan, a neighborhood that's fighting to keep its Chicano culture alive. Only here can you find a seamstress who's been on both sides of the gentrification coin. Stay tuned. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. San Diego is becoming Southern California's coolest city, and it has Mexico to thank. That's the headline of a recent article in Travel and Leisure magazine. The story leads with the author heading to Barrio Logan, a Mexican neighborhood east of downtown that's partially hidden underneath San Diego's snaking freeways. Many of the concrete pillars holding up those freeways are covered in the colorful murals that make up Chicano Park, now a national landmark filled with dozens of artworks depicting Mexican history and struggles. San Diego is a border town, and Mexico's culture and influence is everywhere. But nowhere is it more visible and vibrant than here in Barrio Logan. Next to Chicano Park is Logan Avenue, the epicenter of the artistic renaissance that's happening in the working class neighborhood. Barrio Logan has changed a lot in recent years. Art galleries and small businesses have popped up inside formerly vacant homes and buildings. 
It's also home to a handful of new breweries, restaurants, and cafes. It is definitely one of San Diego's fastest growing neighborhoods. It's become a magnet for creative people. I recently walked through Barrio Logan on my way to Sol Loca. Everywhere you look, there's more and more color. And it kind of seems like every time I walk through here, there's a new business or gallery or shop opening up. The creative energy is what attracted Claudia Rodriguez Bezunsky to move her business, So Loca, to the neighborhood. Do you know where So Loca is? Go to the alley, take a left, and it's in the alley. So it's in the alley, yeah. okay. And you go up about Claudia works out of a tiny one-room house in an alleyway south of Logan Avenue. Inside, she works with clients to come up with one-of-a-kind clothing and costumes. Oh, man. <laughs> No, I just need to tailor it no, from perfect. the sides. Oh my gosh. How does it look feel? At this thing. <laughs> it feels amazing. Okay, your legs look really good in leggings. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia is doing a fitting with her client, Roland Leitenberg. Roland is tall, six feet, nine inches tall. And he's commissioned Claudia to make him a custum elf costume. Elf, uh, the one with the Wolf Arrow, this is one of my favorite movies. So now. Good to have a replica. I just got to get really good at throwing snowballs. I'm going to practice that a little bit. That's what he does in the movies. We've seen the movie a couple times already this season. Roland dressing up as Elf has become a tradition, too. He bought a cheap costume at Party City and did it for the first time a few years ago as a stunt to draw attention to his tech startup, House Call. And it worked. The costume earned him a television appearance on almost all the local television news channels. So now he dresses as Elf to boost his company's morale. The Party City costume was crappy. So this year, he decided he needed to step it up. Claudia had good Yelp reviews, so he came to her for help. So we're just making sure that we're taking in the sides. And obviously, his, he has wider shoulders, so we want to make sure that we give him a shape. Even though it is a costume, we still want him to look good. And, and once he looks good, I think he'll, it'll give him more of that, like, oh, look how good I look. And... I like it. I gotta have the Buddy the Elf swagger. The costume comes with a green jacket and hat, yellow leggings, and size 13 elf shoe covers. It looks good and sturdy. Almost like the real thing. That's why we came to do this and not do the Party City thing again. Because that costume was like 20 bucks, 30 bucks, but it gets destroyed in two seconds. And it doesn't even look, it doesn't look anywhere near this. So this is, this is an investment in uh, my elfing future. For sure. A week later, Claudia is working on another costume inside her Barrio Logan studio. So we are placing the our first Elvira dress that we made on the mannequin because we're going to talk about a future project that we have going on. Danielle Bradford, a.k.a. Countess Autumn Lynn, has been an Elvira impersonator for six years. She says she came to Claudia a few years back when she started getting booked for bigger and better gigs. But as I grew in the Elvira impersonation field, um, I started getting weddings and other large events where I figured it was time to hang up the kind of more costume dress and get something a little more official. Things weren't always this busy. When Claudia first moved from Los Angeles to San Diego with her husband, 
her first move was to open a sewing and vintage resale studio just steps away from the international border in San Isidro. Things were going well at first. The pedestrian traffic helped keep her busy. But at the same time, she says she had to compete with the extraordinarily low prices of seamstresses and clothing in Tijuana. Claudia paid next to nothing for her space in San Isidro. But she says it didn't take long for her landlord to jack up the prices after seeing the success of the small store and studio. She saw potential in it and like that we converted into something else and now she's like wants to kick us out and put someone else. Next, Claudia opened up a shop and studio in Bankers Hill. She found a place for $900, a deal for the neighborhood that's just north of downtown San Diego. She filled most of the space with little handmade goods, and she used the remaining room to work on her sewing jobs. The venture was fully funded by her and her husband's savings. So we paint everything, get it all together, and then for the first like two years, it was like dead. Like totally drained out like my bank account, his bank account, all of our savings. Like I've never cried so much in my life. Like for those two years, like all I did was like, I'm like, I freaking failed as like a person, as like a partner, as a mother, you know? After that, we were like, we started noticing that people weren't really coming in for like handmade gifts. They were like just coming in because they're like, I need something sewn. So, Claudia went with what was making her money. She started focusing 100% on the sewing and tailoring side of the business. She's good at sewing, but that's only half the job. The other half is talking to people and figuring out exactly what they want. Claudia's good at that. She likes people. She loves talking to them. She likes how her job as a seamstress who makes custom clothes has allowed her to meet people from all walks of life. This is like the best job that I've ever had, you know, like I get to meet people and like I feel like it's always been like the United Nations of like, you know, where it's like there's so many different people coming in. And um, we had like a very like super religious lady and then a drag queen at the same time. And I was like, oh, God, this could end really bad. Once Claudia made the switch to focusing on custom sewing jobs, everything changed. Things were good. She started making money. But then Bankers Hill Real Estate started climbing and the building they were in sold. She got priced out yet again. That's when she turned her attention to Barrio Logan, a neighborhood where Chicana creatives like her have flocked to in recent years. Time for a quick break. When we come back, Claudia finds herself on the other side of gentrification. How she navigates the move. Stay tuned. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Claudia has lost her creative space twice because of rising rents, but now she's on the other side of gentrification. 
She's part of a wave of business owners moving into Barrio Logan, capitalizing on the creative renaissance happening here. Obviously, like any time that you're going into somewhere where everyone's like, there's a lot of gentrification going on, you're like, oh, crap, like we don't want to be part of that. Like, you know, we obviously want to keep like that closeness in like neighborhood. And, you know, we know a lot of like our neighbors here where they're like all like little senoras, you know, that, you know, I'm one of the neighbors. She's she's always like, I'm going to make this. Do you want that to eat? And I'm like, I'm never going to turn down food. So, yes, you know, and so we've built like that, that like sense of um like community and stuff like that so it was really difficult coming in and just kind of being like whoa is everyone gonna like accept us and and you know and not just because we're you know mexican you know because it's like you could you know that could go either way you know a family of five and their dogs used to live in the same 500 square foot house claudia now uses for her sewing studio she says she thinks about that a lot struggles with the guilt of displacing them. At the same time, she says the living conditions were so bad, so crammed, it was probably unsafe. Like in the area, you know, a lot of people get tend to like get squeezed into like one little spot. And so obviously that creates like a like a fire hazard. And so I'm glad that they're not doing it for that anymore because, I mean, it has to be like a really crappy like living situation, you know. She says she thinks about where they might have ended up and she hopes they're better off. But when any homes get converted into businesses, that's the kind of displacement that makes some Barrio Logan residents and activists nervous. The neighborhood has a strong history of activism. A community protest is actually what sparked the creation of Chicano Park. The land under the freeway was set to become a field station for California Highway Patrol. But the protesters did not allow it. They wanted a park. Community activist Brent Beltran says tension is high in Barrio Logan as more businesses move in. Things are not going good. Uh, more and more homes are being turned into other things. And they were tore up. They were, they were kind of slumlord type situations. But still, they're taking uh, affordable housing off the market. And uh, that housing will never come back. And so that's unfortunate, and so that drives up just the cost of, of owning a property here in the community. So it makes it very hard for working-class people to stay in a working-class neighborhood. The community has a history of being unwelcoming to outsiders who don't appear to be a good fit and don't seem to have the neighborhood's best intentions in mind. A few years ago, a young white woman wanted to open a juice shop in Barrio Logan. So she made a video and launched a Kickstarter campaign. Also known as the Verica Bohemian on Instagram. Above all places, Mexico stole my heart. And then I found it here in San Diego. La Gracia, a modern Mexican fruteria. What is a fruteria, you ask? It's a Mexican-inspired juice bar. But we will be so much more. I invite you to join the La Gracia family and pledge to my Kickstarter today. Help us improve San Diego. Help us bring variety and a healthy option to the barrio. <laughs> the backlash to that video was quick and furious. Critics said the tone of the video came across as clueless and self-righteous. They said the young woman was culturally appropriating the traditional fruteria shops popular in Mexican culture and acting like she was some kind of white savior who was going to go into Barrio Logan and help the community by selling them her healthy fruit smoothies. The outcry was so bad, one local publication called it an e-lynching. In response, 
the woman shut down her Kickstarter campaign and gave up her business idea. Claudia was fully aware of that story when she moved into Barrio Logan. So she was nervous and cautious. She says she went out of her way to get to know her neighbors. One important inroad to the community was actually another artist. There was a morbid mural on the property they rented for Soloka that depicted death and hell. It wasn't a good fit for her business, so she commissioned a new mural. But rather than just paint over it, she reached out to the same artist who painted the mural. Artist Jorge Mendoza liked the fact that Claudia cared enough to find him. So he ended up being the one to make neighborhood introductions. It felt like he definitely like, like became that bridge to like bridging us together to, to introducing us to other people that were in the neighborhood. Claudia knows most of her neighbors now. She also takes part in community events and is a vocal and active advocate for keeping the neighborhood's Chicano culture and pride alive. She recently participated in a Chicana-themed art show at a nearby gallery by making a bright pink full-length dress that was camo print and included a Lucha Libre mask. To demonstrate both the power and struggle of Chicanas, she posed like a living mannequin at the show's opening by standing silently in the costume for five hours straight without moving. Because of experiences like that, she says she feels pretty well accepted by the community now. You know, I feel like a lot of the times when we when we take that walk for the coffee, I'm like, oh, geez, we're going to run into a lot of people. <laughs> and you can't, like, not say hi, you know? So it makes it into, like, a really interesting walk. And as Claudia's community connections grow, so does her business. And that's good because she says she can't imagine ever doing anything else. She first started sewing back when she was a teenager. She picked up a needle and thread during a time when her family was being torn apart. Her mom and dad were separating. And to cope, she started sewing things together. And so for me, sewing has always been like something where it gives me like self-worth. And, um, you know, that feeling of like, like that therapeutic moment of like, I only get to focus on doing this and nothing else. And it's like... You're just like so zoned into it that it, you just get lost into it, you know? And it's like there's so many horrible things happening right now where you're just kind of like, you could either um, like rise above from that or just kind of like get stuck and like sucked into like something negative like that. So I've always felt like sewing saved my life, you know, from like a lot of different like little things. Like that's my whole thing where I'm like, if I didn't sew, I mean, I wouldn't be anyone special. You know, because it's like, there's nothing other than sewing that I'm good at, you know. Since we recorded and produced this episode a few months ago, Claudia has moved her sewing shop to a new location in Barrio Logan. She's not far. She just moved from the house in the alleyway to the store in front with a door that opens to Logan Avenue. Next time on the podcast, we follow a photographer to a bar in Tijuana. 
Last year I went to 84 shows, not all of them in Tijuana. Um, this year I'm somewhere around 70, so it's quite, it's quite a few. Obviously something I like a lot. Only here can you find a San Diego photographer whose inspiration lies in the dark, crowded punk venues of Tijuana. Only Here is a KPBS podcast hosted by me, Alan Lilienthal. It was written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the technical producer. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the director of programming. KPBS podcasts are made possible by listeners like you. Go to kpbs.org to make a donation or become a member today. Thank you. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.